Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Well, I don't know about you, but um, for me, this has seemed to be a... uh, a long week, an eventful week, and when we look back in history at what happened and why it is that we celebrate this morning the way that we do, this whole uh, Easter event, it's the culmination of what we call today Holy Week. And um, if you've been on social media at all this week, if you have uh, been in the, in the community, you've seen signs, you have seen uh, social media posts, you've seen all of these things that point to we're coming to Easter Sunday. And this morning, it's awesome to be in the house. For those of you online, we're really glad you've joined us, and we hope that wherever you are, maybe you're finishing spring break, that you're enjoying uh, your final days of spring break. And we'll see you soon. Well, this has been a week filled with elation, like last Sunday was Palm Sunday, so that was an amazing experience to think again of what happened on Palm Sunday as Jesus comes into Jerusalem. The crowds come to meet him, the crowds go with him. There's a lot of celebration on Palm Sunday. And then we Watch the story unfold throughout the week, and I wonder if your week has unfolded in front of you, and maybe you have been betrayed by someone, as Jesus was betrayed by Judas. They experienced the Last Supper, and Jesus introduced this new covenant between God and man. The the serve one another example of Jesus as he washes the feet of the disciples, and then Jesus is arrested, and there's this sham kangaroo court proceeding that happens and then the crucifixion happens and he dies and he's buried and then we have resurrection which is why we're all here this morning is because he didn't stay in the grave he arose as uh as king of kings and lord of lords so some for some of us Holy Week is just that thing that has happened so long ago, and we have a hard time connecting with it. Sometimes we just get so used to this life that we have. We get so kind of in a groove, like we just, we we go through our days without thinking about the freedom and the joy and the peace that is ours. We can associate it with this Easter experience with sort of a cultural thing. I mean, we have the bunnies, you know, we have the baby chicks, we've got Easter eggs, flowers, and if you have a really great church to go to, they have donuts, it's coming. And some of us have grown up in church, and this is just what we do. We go celebrate Easter on Easter Sunday. For many of us, the events of Holy Week are a long ago, far away, barbaric event of another crucified man out of many thousands that suffered the same fate. But the story of Jesus, as we know, ends very differently. His story is that somehow, when his physical body died and was placed in that borrowed tomb, God resurrected him from the dead. He was raised from that place of the dead. And if his claims are true, 
he lives today. If his claims are true, he has given his spirit to those of us that follow him. Paul, the writer of much of the New Testament, writes this in Romans 8. He says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. John 1, the the, uh, disciple John writes this. He says, the result of this infilling of the spirit of God inside of us, the result should mean that we have a new way forward. It should mean all things become new in us. Here's what happens. For those that have believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. It's like all things become new. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Amazing. To be reborn is to start fresh. To be reborn is to tell a new story. Now, tell a story is to find perspective. If you're going to tell a story well, you're going to find perspective. And if you're going to tell it accurately, then you need to do some research. And you need to check your sources and recheck your sources. And I know that someday someone will tell my story. And someday someone will tell your story. I want whoever tells it to tell it accurately. I want whoever tells my story to know my character, to know my intention. I want whoever tells my story to step back and have perspective and give me a fair shot at redemption. That's what I hope for. So I wonder, if your story was told today, what might it include? What would be said about you? What kinds of attributes that you could point to and say, that's because of Jesus in me. What kind of attributes do you carry in your day-to-day life? Is your life notable? Does it have meaning? Or is it just boring and mundane? Does your life have meaning? What's the story you're writing? What's the story you're writing? More importantly, what is the story you're believing? What's the story you're believing about God's work in you? Your purpose in this world? The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament, have recorded the story of Jesus. And they tell us about the people that Jesus gathered around him. And specifically, the Gospels tell us about the 12. We know them as the 12 disciples. They were his closest followers out of all the disciples that Jesus had. The 12 were the closest. They were a diverse bunch. They were uh, both right politically and left politically. They um, They were fishermen. Some of them were fishermen. Uh, There was a tax collector. There was a Simon the Zealot. All kinds of people were following Jesus. 
But it's interesting to me this morning that the occupations of the majority of these disciples, we have no idea about. We can make some assumptions because of the place they grew up, the time that they grew uh, up, the place that they lived. But I wonder if the fact that we don't know what their occupations were has anything to do with us today. Is there some meaning there for us? I'm a big believer in work. I'm a big believer in uh, uh, being faithful in the work that we do, in the responsibilities we have. But especially us guys often say things like, so what do you do? When we meet each other, that's where we kind of lean into. It's comfortable. It's not risky. What do you do? So what do you do with the rest of your life when you're not here? Where do you work? That's the question we often ask. But I want to just say this morning that work is important, but we are, more, uh, we are defined by more than what we do in our day-to-day -day lives. In fact, who we are becoming is what Jesus is most interested in. It's not who we are right now, but who are we becoming? That's what Jesus is intimately interested in. So who are you becoming in some of the most incredible work that you could ever do? Like, who are you becoming as a mom? Who are you becoming as a dad, an uncle, an aunt? Who am I becoming as a grandparent? How do I lean into that? What's the story being written right now? Who are you becoming as a husband or a wife? I wonder if your story needs a fresh start this morning. Like, we can't actually go back, but we can start new. We can start new right here, right now. The thing with beginnings is that they are not nearly as important as, important as our endings. Who I am becoming will determine how my story ends. Now, I can't do anything about the beginning. It is what it is. But I must take full responsibility for who I end up becoming. You must take full responsibility for who you are becoming. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, Jesus is coming into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asks his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Because, see, Jesus knew that people were talking. People were making up stories about who he is and who he is becoming. Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, and some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Key question. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, we love Peter, don't we? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, he said, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you, you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That's you and I today. 
Peter got a new name that day. Peter was told, write a new story. I've got you. You need to write a new story, Peter. Stop believing the lies that were back there. Don't worry about the things that have been in your past. Start new. Start new. And Peter took it to heart. Sort of. Turns out that Peter did not always live up to this standard. The standard that Jesus has spoken into him. I wonder if you and I could take a lesson from this. Like, we too, like, we're like Peter sometimes. He was brash. He was outspoken. He was ambitious. He lied and denied. He often acted first and then thought about it later. Like, we're not much different. We're really not much different. Our storyline is very different. Is very, very similar. Our storyline winds and bends. We crash and we burn. And then we help each other, dust each other off, hold each other up again, help each other believe. See, at the very moment that Jesus was at his most vulnerable, Peter lies and swears like the sailor he is that he does not know Jesus. He denies him. And he, like most of, his other, of the other disciples, just turns and runs when Jesus most would need some friends around him. But this is what Jesus had predicted earlier, that you all are going to leave me. But as the week had progressed and Jesus has been killed and buried, a new storyline is being written and Peter has to decide. Peter has to decide, will I live up to the calling of God on my life or will I capitulate to my lower self? That's what he has to decide. Do I live up to what God has called out in me or do I shrink back and live into my lower self? Who will he become? It's a question Peter has to assess. Who will he become? Jesus is dead and in the grave. And then Peter and some of his friends figure out that maybe he's not in the grave anymore. Here's, here's the passage from Luke 24. It's the passage that we lean into this morning, the passage that we celebrate with this morning. Luke 24, starting in verse 1. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. But they couldn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. And then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered what he had said. Then they remembered. This is what they did. This is what you and I do when we remember, when we lean in, when we remember what God has done, what God has said. We go. This is what we need to be about. We need to go. They went. They rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But, I love this line, but the story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. However, 
Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Here's Peter, the rock. He ran to the tomb. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had just happened. Classic Peter. When he arrives at the tomb, he doesn't just stay outside tiptoeing around the edges. But per usual, he's all in. If there's any hope at all, Peter knows he's got to see it for himself. If there's any hope at all, he wants it to replace the despair that he's been feeling. So he looks in, and Jesus is definitely not in the tomb. And so for Peter to think, oh, what if this is true? What if this is really true? See, we can feel Peter, can't we? We feel Peter. His world is spinning. His mind has just been blown. He just denied his relationship with Jesus. He's struggled with feeling bitterness and hatred and pain and sorrow. Now, if Jesus really is alive, maybe, just maybe, there is hope. Maybe there's hope. Maybe there's still room at the table for him. I wonder if you feel the energy of Peter. I mean, Saturday was desperate. His confession of faith, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. It seems like such a farce now. I mean, what a fool he has been. Nothing has gone right. Everything in his mind was lost. But now this turn of events that he couldn't have expected. Now there is new hope, new hope. The desperation of Saturday is turned to hope in a moment. And if Peter can turn toward hope, maybe you and I can turn too. Maybe if Peter can change his story, maybe you and I can change our story as well. Because if Jesus isn't dead, then all things are possible. Sin is not as powerful as we once thought it would be. The sin that we so easily get caught up in, where we feel like, well, I did wrong today, and so I'm going to be tossed in and out of the Father's house many times each day, like every time I'm distracted by the concerns of the world, or whenever I'm angry, or anxious, or feel attacked, and want to attack back to those that have treated me poorly. It's like a yo-yo, up and down, up and down. We're in, we're out, we're in, we're out. And yet Jesus, if he resurrected from the dead, if it is one and done, then we have the opportunity to write a new story and not go into that grave anymore. Not step back, but always be stepping forward. That's our inheritance, friends. That's, that's, our, that's our, the lineage that we come from. The spiritual lineage that we come from says that Jesus died once and for all. You don't have to die your spiritual death anymore. We move forward. We have the gift of God inside of us now. What's really significant this morning is that we choose the way of becoming and we choose the way of all things new. What's in front of you? What are the plans that you have for your life? Are the plans that you have for your life saturated with the Spirit of God informing your every move? See, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that any one of us that would believe in him would not perish, but we would have eternal life and eternal life starts 
now. Not sometime in the distant future, but it starts now. When we step into a relationship with Jesus, clarity is ours. We get to step forward as followers of Jesus, knowing that our eternal life starts right now. Again, the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.17, this is what happens when we say yes to Jesus. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. He writes also in Ephesians 4, since you have heard about Jesus, you have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Romans 12, he continues, he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You guys, following Jesus is the more difficult way. It's the way of restoration, and it's the way of grace, and it's the way of love. It is telling a new story, which is a better story, a new story of one life at a time being revived and restored, and as one life is revived and restored, a household is revived and restored, and a family is restored, a community is restored. We want change in our culture. We want our society to be clear-eyed and focused on what does it mean to love each other, but it starts with you and I. It has to start with you and I believing that Jesus really was resurrected from the dead. And because he was resurrected from the dead, we have the resurrection power in us too. That's where it starts. If we don't start there, then we're misaligned. And what we hope for is an empty hope. What is your story? Who are you becoming? Because who you become will determine how your story ends. Would you stand with me? Around here, we have been working very hard to normalize an invitation to follow Jesus. And um, so many of us growing up in church or just the idea that, um, oh, the pastor's going to end the service with a formal invitation. Yeah, I know. We all have some baggage around that if we grew up in church. But you know what? This morning, I, I want you to know that if my life was not changed by Jesus, first of all, I wouldn't be standing here and secondly, uh, my life is not perfect. It has never been perfect. It's been filled with all kinds of difficult things. Following Jesus does not negate the impact that suffering has on our lives. Our bodies wear out. We get old. Some of us hit walls repeatedly and then we learn something. Life is about discovering 
really the goodness of God. And I want you to know this morning that when I, when I invite you to follow Jesus with us, it's because I believe that is the best way forward. I know of no other way to live my life at this point in my life. And so I'd love for you just to pray with me. And um, some of you, perhaps, just need to make a commitment. You need to recommit your life, or you just need to say, wow, I need peace, I need joy, I need forgiveness, I need my life to count. And I want to change my life going forward. You want to write a new story this morning. So let me just invite you, simple words. Jesus, I give you my life. We say it here on the regular. Jesus, I give you my life. Just bow your heads with me. Let's pray that together. Jesus, I give you my life. For some of you, this is the beginning of writing a new story of your life. The beginning of something new. Jesus, I give you my life. You'll have lots more opportunity for conversation with Jesus, but that's a great place to start. It's a place of surrender. It's a place of saying, take my life. Make something of it. Do something great. Align my mind with yours, Jesus. I want my life to be a resurrection life, not one that continues to go down this dead-end road, but I want my life to count. Jesus, I give you my life. If you're praying for that for the first time this morning, would you just slip your hand up? I just wanna pray for you. If this is you, first time this morning, I just wanna pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for my friends. God, I believe that there are many in the house this morning that are followers of you that have made a decision to go your way. So I pray blessing over everyone within the sound of my voice. May they experience the peace and joy and grace that is theirs for the asking. Thank you, Father, that because of your decision to send Jesus to come as a human being, to live among us, that we today are free. We have peace. And we have your presence. And we thank you for your spirit with us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. The prayer team is going to be in the front this morning. And I would just say to you, if you want to just make a commitment, you want somebody else to hear it. If you're writing a new story about your life, do you want to make a shift? Then make your way up front. Let's just pray for you. We're normalizing that too. Like it's, it's not a walk of shame. It's a walk of, yeah, me too. It's a walk of me too. Like together we can do so much more than we could ever do if we do it alone. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.